Welcome to episode 8 of On Air Bender, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast presented by Low Charisma Party. My name's Max. And I'm Dale. And this week we'll be discussing the, uh, what'd you say, 10th episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, Jet. Uh, Here Jet on. Huh? The yes. Jerk. Jet's a jerk. We'll be discussing it here, quote unquote, on the air. And of course. I'm on a bit of a bender. <laughs> oh, God, it's going to foam up. Didn't even have to cue the sound on that one. <laughs> now Max is sucking on his bottle. <laughs> you got to suck off the head, Dale. You don't want it to spill. <laughs> sucking his baba. <laughs> baba. Uh, this week I am, <clears throat> uh, what do we call it, sobriety bending with uh, the yeah. new Belgium IPA of Voodoo Ranger. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a go-to. Uh, Dale, you're practicing some, uh, <coughs> what, what listeners of Little Christmas Party might remember as Dalecomy. Uh, what are the ingredients you've got over there with your, uh, liquid bending? Well, I started off with downing a cup of coffee. Excellent. Followed with a little chaser of Soleil grapefruit flavor. Ooh, Soleil Moon Fry. And then finishing up... With a, a little Dasani sparkling raspberry lemonade for that kick that you need. <laughs> I feel like we're a 1940s radio show. <laughs> for that pep you need in your day-to-day. <laughs> Get Dasani sparkling water for that raspberry lemonade kick that you need. <laughs> for that ring-a-zing-zing that'll get you grinning. <laughs> Uh, for more episodes of this podcast, uh, head on over to onairbender.com. And, of course, as usual, let us know what you think of the show by emailing onairbender at gmail.com and follow us at onairbender on Twitter. So, <clears throat> this episode, as we mentioned at the tip-tip-top uh, of the show, Tippity-tappity. is Jet. And last week, Dale... You refer. How did you refer to this one? You said. Oh, I don't recall. As I recall, you said the Ang Gang meets the Bangarang Gang. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Whoever said that is funny. <laughs> what? I agree completely. That's that's why you're on the show, Dale. Um, <laughs> for confusing turns of phrase such as that. Um, and before we dive into the plot of this episode, what about Jet is so Rufio to you? <laughs> um, well, James Egan obviously liked Hook <laughs> growing up when he... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair like enough. It, he yep. must have seen it during his formative years. Like, the 90s must have been his formative years. Right, right, right. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Hook and Rufio and Bangarang. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, if you haven't seen it, listeners, it's a, an early 90s uh, movie that some would say is Steven Spielberg's worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, I've heard that uh, BFG is pretty god-awful. But, uh... <laughs> For a long time, anyway, it was the reigning champ, and I always kind of liked it. But uh, it's it's very very nineties. Listen, and if you're twelve and you see it, you'll kind of like it, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Everybody else, 
is going to think it's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Just the worst thing. Um, And it has the Lost Boys uh, in Never Never Land, still young boys, as the adult Peter Pan, uh, played by Robin Williams, comes and shows up and hangs out with them. And because Peter Pan has been gone in the rich fiction of the Hookaverse, uh, <laughs> he's been supplanted as the leader by Rufio. We don't really know where he came from, mm-hmm. but you know what's great is that Rufio... Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Hold Uh-oh. On. We've got we to gotta delve deep into the memories here on this one. <laughs> we have to roll back the clock from the 2010s to, back to the um, 2000s, back to the 1990s. Yes. Rufio was played by actor Dante Bosco, who you may remember from such TV series as Avatar The Last Airbender. <gasps> He's the voice of Zuko. Full circle. The circliest circle. Oh and I hope you can get the spirit of, of Rufio, of Dante Bosco through the pseudo Rufio in this episode, listeners, because we will not be checking in with Prince Zuko <laughs> at all this week. It's true. Uh, it's true. I was a little disappointed by that. This uh, episode originally aired on May 6th, 2005, and Dale, as you mentioned, it was written, at least the head writer for this episode was James Egan, uh, who you were saying had been a staff writer on previous episodes, but his name had never been credited uh, as the head writer. Yeah, Until at least this it, according to my memory slash wikia, uh, <laughs> the, uh, he's the staff writer on 109, 10, 11, 12, and 13, gotcha. 110 being the one that he's the episode writer for. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this episode 10, but production number 110. Usually that, that, that uh, first number is like the season. So uh, It was directed by Dave Filoni, who is a recurring uh, director for the series. We've heard from him several times before, and we'll see him quite a bit more. And, um, yeah, should we, should we just jump right in? Let's do it. So, <clears throat> we start with, we start on, um, <clears throat> Momo sneaking around on a tree chasing bugs. He's a sneaky one. And he sees a, uh, fruit on the forest floor, uh, <laughs> that intrigues him and he runs at it and he instantly gets grabbed by a, a trap of some kind. It's like this um, this uh, concentric circles or something that like slide around him like a like a spherical uh, lobster trap or something, and then <laughs> gets roped up into the air. And you know, it's a little bit frightening, but Momo doesn't seem to care. He's just like, "Oh, I got my little fruits. That's all I care about." <laughs> and he sees um, other animals that are also trapped. Our heroes come upon him. And uh, the Ang Gang, they've been relaxing. Oh, I think they're chatting. Uh, and somebody says, like, where's Momo? And they have to go find him. Uh, and they find him in the cage with some of the other, like, random forest apes. <laughs> and <laughs> Ang uses his, like, cool airbending talent to, like, flip up and uh, hold open the cage and let Momo out. And then they're like, what about the other animals? So he goes to do it again, and uh, Sokka is like, or just do this, and he like uses his uh, boomerang, uh, not a bangerang, not yet anyway, <laughs> bangerang to uh, uh, knock down the other ropes holding up the uh, other cages. They drop down. The apes 
I don't know, bellow thankfully, I presume, and run off into the woods. And so that brings up the conversation. Um, I did, I did, by the way, want to mention that I thought the trap was a cool design. It looked like a lamp you could buy from like Pier One Imports or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it was like appropriately like uh, alternate world Eastern influence slash woodland architecture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it triggers a conversation uh, where. It, it brings to the text what we have been mentioning is sort of the subtext up to this point where um, uh, Sokka is like, okay, we're going to do this because it's too dangerous flying on Appa because every time we do, we get spotted and trailed. And Katara is like, who fucking made you the leader? And he's like, well, I'm clearly the leader. And she's <laughs> like, but I'm the one who has like the skills to pay the bills. And he's like, whatever, no, like, your thing is this. Well, then she says, like, if anything, the Avatar is the leader. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, everybody looks at him and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) I forget who says it, but it's like, no, he's a kid. Yeah, he doesn't (laughs) give a He just wants to, like, pick up, pick up. uh, And then Angsai pretty much is like, yeah, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so... I think it was hanging upside down by uh, Appa's uh, horns at that time. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. Messing around. <laughs> They're like, eh, no, he's, he's the leader. So, yeah, we've talked about how, previously, how um, Sokka is sort of like the only one without superpowers. In a way, he's the most grounded. Um, he has several times commented on the fact that he's like, what, I'm not cool enough to be considered a threat to enemies? Um and so it seems like there's always a little bit of a struggle amongst the writers to keep his power set relevant, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And so here he's sort of like uh, making a pretty good case for himself as like as a good leader and someone who and and I think down the road we start to to kind of learn of him as like a strategist in a way, like he can sort of see the big picture in a way that maybe the other two aren't as good at. So that's we're starting to see the seeds of that here. Um, but the fact that he's like, every time we take the sky, it's bad news. It's pretty interesting too, because like, that's been the whole show up to this point is the Angang riding Appa from location to location. Every mm-hmm. episode intros with them sailing through the sky. <laughs> and so for the first time, he's sort of like, they're like undercutting their own premise in a way, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> um, and I mean, it, 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 um, it heightens the, the, the stakes a little bit. It makes things harder for them. Yeah. And I, think it might go away after this episode but it's at least the setup that they don't want to fly around with appa and at least uh, you know for this episode you don't see the fire nation army chasing them so that's maybe, true maybe it's true yeah yeah you're right maybe the reason we don't cut to, to zuko <laughs> ever in this episode is because they're not sailing around right in front of them <laughs> um so it cuts to them just walking along and when i was watching this episode my roommate was hanging out in the kitchen and she goes Okay, I get they can't fly now, but they could still ride Appa like a horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the characters mentions, like, I'm tired of carrying this pack. Oh, uh, Aang says, I don't want to carry this backpack. And then um, uh, uh, Katara is just, like, harping on Sokka. So she's like, well, what about Sokka could could have his intuition carry your pack. And right, like that's right. So there's this whole thread about um, 
about intuition and whether and that's what makes Sokka a, a good leader is that he just he doesn't necessarily have logic that can dictate what they do. He just quote unquote like in his gut he feels the best mm-hmm. way to do it. Mm-hmm. And that'll come back sort of in the end, but uh but for right now his sister's just giving him shit. <laughs> <All day. laughs> well and when Ink said that I'm like, well why is he carrying stuff? Why can't it just put it on off? <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, what? they don't even have to ride him. He could just carry this stuff. Right. Maybe it's like, a, um, <laughs> maybe Appa's like flies so much that his legs are not like, are underdeveloped. They're <laughs> like weak <laughs> muscles. And so they can sit on his torso, but he can't move while it's happening. Yeah, he can barely support like his own weight when he's not hovering. Is that why he's always rolling around on the ground when we see him on the ground? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause he's just like, ah, oh, my flimsy legs. <laughs> All six of them work together to barely support me. <laughs> um, so then they find themselves in a... They stumble upon a uh, camp. And it's... Uh, this is the all, all we see of, like, the Fire Nation army. Uh, and they immediately sort of run at them. They, go, they get into a fight. Um, and for some reason, they feel cornered, our heroes, even though I feel like Anne could blow them all away just like I well said it's this week. really lame wall of flame that the firebenders put up uh, as they as our heroes are trying to run away they see an escape and then the fire nation army puts up this wall of flame behind them as if they couldn't just run through it and uh <laughs> so then they're cornered right and all is lost it looks like um and that's when the series ends <laughs> <laughs> oh no wait uh, oh god Everybody's favorite character, Jet, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. jumps in and uh, sings his his catchphrase song. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last diet day. <laughs> and they uh, proceed to Jet proceeds to fight off the uh, Airbender soldiers using some pretty cool weapons. They're like thin hooked swords. <laughs> and he uses them to like knock people down uh and not cut them asunder as one might imagine <laughs> but it's a kids show so yeah, yeah and um then his uh uh friends jump in and help as well and there's a big guy and there's a tiny guy and there's a silent archer uh and they're all using various weapons to uh beat the shit out of the uh fire nation soldiers the Aang gang does join in to help. Um, and so there's some water bending and there's some fire bending. But every time Sokka tries to help, uh, his kill is stolen from him by Jet. <laughs> and it's pretty great because the first time he's like, ah, come on, I was going to kill that guy. And Jet has a reaction that like I did watching it, which is like, all right, not the time, man. C- keep fighting, keep fighting. <laughs> he says, a- you got to be faster. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the second time, it's like a surprise. He like jet knocks somebody out and the guy drops revealing Sokka standing there holding his like boomerang up and he's like, dang it. <laughs> it just keeps happening. And I was like, okay, now I totally get his frustration like twice in a row. That's, that's pretty bad. Um, so yeah, there was no murder, but <laughs> cause it's a kid's cartoon, but they, uh, all, uh, do they send the fire nation on their way or do they just cut? 
I think they just cut to continue the story. I don't recall what they did with the Fire Nation. Hmm. Oh, but they do have a pretty great line about, like, the spoils they stole from them. And it's like, hey, look, blasting jelly. And then they open another crate and they're like, hey, look, jelly beans or something. And he's like, oh, that's great. Let's not confuse those two with each other. (laughs) Which is totally reminiscent of the uh, classic early Family Guy bit of the... uh, what is it? The acupuncture needles box is next to the poison needles box. <laughs> and Brian's like, is it such a good idea keeping those next to each other? And the doctor's like, why? What do they say? <laughs> Pretty great. Um, oh, that's right. I did notice that there was like, when the fight was going on, there was like, it was very stopping and starting because there was like a sequence of bits. It was like, make sure you notice this sequence happening. Make sure you notice this sequence happening. And as a result, like the music would be like, and then it would like stop. And then an interaction would happen. And then it would be like, and so it really felt like it was like, I don't know. It didn't have a, well, it's because it was like the fight is serving dual duty in that it's introducing the other characters as well. Oh yeah, so um, that's a good point. Like, it lost some of its rhythm or its oomph that, uh, yeah. that a normal fight scene might so have. So each one that you know jumps into the fight, Smeller B and and his other freedom fighters, mm-hmm. um, you you kind of it pauses for you to kind of notice and make sure that you recognize that it gives you time to recognize that this is a new important person. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're doing a lot of work there introducing like six new characters basically. Mm-hmm. Um and so then we when the fight's over, we get introductions. There is as you mentioned Smeller B, which is like what was his power? He just had like a red circle on his round one eye. Uh and then his hair's puffy and looks like yeah. a bee. I think it's, it's he has like uh he has some sort of like knives, maybe he's like okay. a knife type dude double, double or lady. Knives. I don't know. I forget which one is which. But um, and then there's a pretty great bit where uh, there's um, oh, who are the two? There's the like little shrimpy guy and the huge guy. Oh, there's Duke and uh, yeah, who's the other one? Oh, uh, it's like Shrinky Dink or something. Something like Pipsqueak. 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 And he walks yeah. up and he's like. That's really great that your name is Pipsqueak. And the huge dude is like, thanks, I love having that name, or something like that. <laughs> well, he's just like, Pipsqueak, that's a hilarious name. Yeah. And then dude's like, you calling my name funny? And then there's, of <laughs> course, the tense, uh, tense moment, and then they both start laughing. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I love that Aang is just like... Um, like, rather than being like, oh, shoot, I'm so sorry that I mistook it. He's just like, that was hilarious. Like, he's very, like, <laughs> in the moment. Like, I feel like Aang being able to laugh in a tense moment is very much like that intersection between being a kid and, like, being Zen Buddhist. And mm-hmm. just, like, always being joyful and ready to, like, be tickled <laughs> by the humor of life, you know? And uh, so we learn that the Duke is this little tiny shrimpy dude. And... uh there's another name for the silent archer, but I don't know. I uh, Longshot, right? Oh, is that what his name is? Yeah, I think his name's Longshot. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad they didn't hire a voice actor for him because Longshot's a boring name, and he wouldn't have had anything to say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Then they are introduced to their 
base. They're like, let's show you our base. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And well, after we, Katara is instantly smitten with uh, Oh, right, there's a Jen, moment. Of course. Yes, yes. We continue our ongoing thing where uh, every teenage boy that Katara meets who's not her brother, <laughs> she falls madly in love with instantly. <laughs> and uh, Jet seems like a pretty cool dude to a teenage girl. And he's super just like, yeah, whatever, I'm here. And uh, and she's just, like, right away kind of, like, defending him. Like, doesn't Sokka say, like, <clears throat> why, well, I don't know. He, like, there, there's already some kind of a setup. Well, yeah, Sokka already doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, okay, yeah, but we have to go. And he's right, like, right. don't you want to check out our base or whatever? Yeah, and he's like, no, we're good. And Katara's like, I think we should. <laughs> And uh, she says, is there a Mrs. Jet? <laughs> and <laughs> so they wander to their base, which just looks like trees. And they're like, well, I don't get it. Where's the base? And Jet's like, here, Sokka, you should see the base. Like, Jet's, like, playing a gracious host and kind of focusing on Sokka. And it's incredibly obvious to us that what Jet's up to is making Sokka look like a bit of a fool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't think the other characters notice it, because Jet's pretty good at it, I would say. Um, and so he's just like, here, here's Sokka, buddy. Like, I want you to be my right-hand man. Why don't you grab this rope? <laughs> and so Sokka grabs it, and he's like, okay, I don't really see what the... And he like, gets yanked up into the sky, up into the, <laughs> the trees. And then uh, Aang is like, I will take the <laughs> airbending rack. He's like, thank no, you. thank you. <laughs> and so he, like, f- flies up the trees, like, <clears throat> jumping back and forth up them. And it's revealed that there's these, like, walkways up there. So then Jet is like, what do you say, Katara? Want to come with me? And he, like, does the hand around the waist mm-hmm. and, like, pulls mm-hmm. the thing. And it goes into this hilarious slow-mo <laughs> romantic segment. It's like everything goes sepia. Yeah, everything goes sepia, <laughs> and it's like beautiful music, and they're in super slow-mo. And I think it's intentionally funny, because it's so over the top. <laughs> and it's so, like, um, sudden, like, change yeah. from the standard to this. So I guess they did it on two levels. Like, it's they, like, said, well, if you buy it, then it works. But it's... If you're bored by stuff like this, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and so then they get up to the the tree uh, base, and it looks like the Ewok village in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And um, what does... Oh, doesn't um, Appa fly up and find a home? To hang out. Am I imagining that he like fl- flies up into the trees and finds a little spot where he can chill for the episode? I don't recall that. Well, what happens to Appa then? We don't know. He disappears. Appa's <laughs> uh, dead now. Appa <laughs> died on the way to his planet. And so, Ang super psyched though because he's like, "Look at this place. It's so great." And Jet explains that he he has this kind of like tropey dark background where he's like. Does he explain it already, or is it later? No, he yeah, talks? he explains the reason that he started the Freedom Fighters. So he explains that this group is his group of Freedom Fighters, and that he was um, having like a wonderful life with his parents when the, the Fire Nation came mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. murdered his parents in cold blood. And he decided on that day that he hated the Fire Nation. <laughs> 
And so right away, Katara is just a throbbing down there because he's <laughs> such a bad boy. And uh, she's like right away, like, so, oh, I'm glad you have so much passion. And Sokka's like, he got, I don't know, they kind of continue their back and forth where he's like, I don't really see what the big deal is. When, um, he, well, and mostly I think Sokka's like, let's keep moving. We got to go. Mm-hmm. And Katara's like, what are you saying? The Fire Nation's our enemy. We got to stay. And um, so then uh, he says, well, we have a mission right now, actually, and we'd love for you to help help us with it. Um, and uh, what does he say? He, has some- he, does it, he does it in a way that kind of, doesn't he do it in a way that kind of wins over... Saka a little bit, and then he Saka says like, "Well, we're yeah, what well, we have to go now." And then he's like, "But Saka, I was hoping to get your help on this very important mission tomorrow." Mm, mm-hmm. And he's like, well, "Okay, I guess we can stay. <laughs> what with it being very important and all." And uh, so then, uh, I have my notes, but I haven't watched it for a couple of days, and so I'm sort of like, I vaguely remember all this. Um, Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, that's right. When they're first, like, walking along, there's this great when he's, like, introducing them to the to the forest, like, uh, lair. Um, Sokka is, like, being sidelined the whole time. Like, he's behind them, and you sort of see his head over everyone's shoulder. <laughs> and, like, he can't quite keep up with the group, basically. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, like, he tries to, like, say something, and he says something, and, like, everyone just keeps talking. Like, they ignore him. And so his head goes, like... Beep, like out of the shot, <laughs> and uh, it's it's pretty like just fuck Sokka the episode. It's pretty great. Um, so then, yeah, let's see, um, let's see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gives his tragic backstory, which we could all feel was was about to arrive when he <laughs> says it. And then I I observed that like all these teenagers in this show have lost a parent. Or multiple parents, like. Well, yeah, I mean, they're teenagers running around in the woods. <laughs> yeah, but like the last time Katara fell madly in love with a teenage boy, his dad was off in prison, mm-hmm. and then it, obviously Katara and Sokka—they've lost their parents. It's just this weird. I mean, the orphans just love orphans. That's just orphan. the way it is. Orphan recognize orphan. Um. Just the next morning, right? <laughs> so, there's there's a weird thing where he where he oh this is I think they have dinner together and this is when it goes full lost boys am I fast forwarding because I think it's that night where he like well, he jumps, gives the the speech yeah yeah he jumps he up on the table everybody. and he's like it's like his weird ritualistic call and response where he's like who's gonna defeat the fire nation and, the, and they're like we're going to and he's like who's cool enough to run the the club and they're like you're cool enough <laughs> it's clear that it's all very like i don't know it's very kiddish it's very like okay guys you better say this next and that's that's how we know we're cool but it's all just sort of fashion to like help jet's ego you know <laughs> And then afterward, Katara's like, nice speech. And he's like, thanks. <laughs> he's like, and then he's like, so you're the Avatar, huh? Very nice. <laughs> it's just this really odd delivery. Like, I think he wants to fuck Aang, too. Um, and then we see, what did I write here? I wrote, teeth knife? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's the next morning. Uh, Sokka uh, is going on the uh, secret mission with Jet. Mm-hmm. And Sokka's kind of like the spotter. And Jet expresses that he's not sure. He thinks somebody's coming, but he's not sure. And then so... Sokka sticks his jaw knife into the tree and then listens at uh, for the yeah, vibration. Right. It's a really cool superpower yeah. that has and not so come into play until now. Jet's like, huh, cool. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he genuinely is like, great trick, Sokka. And so once again, like, you get the sense that, like, Jet's a pretty good leader. Like, he is mm-hmm. charismatic enough to make people feel good about themselves. What, and but then when the time is necessary, he's also like great at manipulating people into going along with stuff that does not actually help them. Yeah. Well, like, just like what I mean, just on this secret mission, it's like when Sokka does hear somebody coming, it's just an old man. He's like, "Oh, I hear somebody coming." It's I think it's just one person, and so Jet initiates the attack, and then it turns out to be an old man. And Sokka's like, "Wait, no, false alarm! It's just an old man." But they keep yeah. attacking anyway, and they're like, "No, we're gonna." What are you going to do, old man? You're going to burn our our village? And then you can tell that Jed is, like, deeply disturbed by (laughs) any and all Fire Nation things. Yeah, yeah. He sees the old man as uh, murderous and evil just because he's Fire Nation. And there's this great shot of the old man looking truly, like, withered and pathetic on the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, they could easily murder him, and they have all the cards in this situation. And uh, Sokka's like, like, motherfucker, stop. And uh, and uh, he's able to kind of, like, let the old man go. And, the old, and he's able to convince them to let the old man go. And they're like, all right, this time. Uh, but you're... But they steal all the stuff. And- yeah. Um, but, 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 so they go back to the, to the base. And I, when did this happen that... I thought it was weird that the Duke has firecrackers. <laughs> uh, that... I don't recall when that happened. But Momo makes quick work of them. Yeah, so he grabs the fireworks and then starts... It's those little firecrackers that you throw and they snap on the ground. Yeah. And he starts throwing them around. Why does does he, like, have them? It's just random? Uh, So then they, like, go back to the base and uh, and right away... um, Jet kind of turns Katara against Sokka by being like, um, he pulls this knife out of fucking nowhere, and he's like, Sokka didn't wanna didn't wanna hurt the guy, uh, the old man that we found, um, but I luckily realized that he was an assassin sent mm-hmm. to kill me, and he pulls this like vial of poison out of the handle of the knife, which, like, I guess in this moment we might be a little bit unsure of what is real, yeah, but like. I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> convinced for even a millisecond <laughs> because they showed they were so convincing when they showed how like downtrodden the old man was. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't know. Like, I've I've never felt that the Fire Nation was only the um, aggressive military aspect of the Fire Nation. Like, I fully accept that this this world is realistic enough that. I just assume there's all kinds of normal Fire Nation civilians. Well, and also we've seen. seen it before too, like at the the priest on the island who yeah. was, you know, willing to go against his his church because he felt what was right. And right, so he's, and there's he's individuals. 
he's an and individual. So, so I just assumed the, the old man was that, unless I had reason to believe otherwise. And so then when Jet's like, this, oh, look, he's this, like, assassin with this really subtle, like, um, de- like highly developed assassin technique of a poisonous dagger. Like, it all just seemed very, like, fabricated. And I think <laughs> it adds to what you're saying of, this kid's fucked up in the head. Yeah. And he, t- he like, turns... I mean, he's convinced himself, and he's so, like, Jed is, like, he, he in his mind, every firebender is evil. Right. Either every evil, fire... outright, or complicit in it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> every so, Fire Nation individual killed his parents, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so he whatever says, he like, has to do to, to ensure that, you know, these people help him, uh, he's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And, and he's so he like, says, like, it's not much, fr- it's not far from the truth in his mind that this could have been an assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. From his uh, unique and s- arguably deranged perspective, <laughs> it's not a far cry at all. And he says, like, well, did you mention uh, when you were telling the story to Katara Saka that uh, he was a Fire Nation old man that was sent to kill me? And. Katara's like, no, actually, Jet Sokka <laughs> failed to mention that. And uh, Sokka f- calls her on it. He's like, okay, I get you have a fucking crush on this dude, but I think it's fucked up. He was trying to kill an old dude. Like, that's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he's like, there was no knife. I saw no knife. <clears throat> yeah. Right, right. And and uh, I, I have a note here, just what I've already been saying. Uh, Jet is a master manipulator. Um, and he says... I want to thank you, Saki. You saved my life by mm-hmm. like jumping into the middle of it. Like if we had kept like fighting the old man, he would have killed me with this thing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he actually like continues to like turn dissent into, oh, you didn't realize it, guy who's who's against me, but you're actually helping me. Like, yeah. oh, look, we're on the same side no matter what. Yeah, and it's it's terrifying to be quite <laughs> frank. It is terrifying. <laughs> um. <laughs> And let's see. So, da, da, da. so he he says that he needs. Well, the whole reason he wants them to stay is that he he says that he needs Aang and Katara to ha- to use their water bending abilities yes. to help fill the reservoir. Um. Yeah. So they they go on this mission. It's like they split into two, and one well, of well that night though. What that night. Oh, it's that very night that they do this? No, no, no. That night, uh, Sokka wakes up. Uh, he hears some noises. He Jet convinces uh, Aang and Katara to stay because he says, uh-huh. you know, poison knife, blah, blah, blah. And then so that night... Uh, Sokka uh, wakes up? Sokka wakes up because he hears something. And what he hears is Jet and um, some of his cronies going out early in the morning... Uh, with some uh, barrels, some barrels that we've seen before. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and they're going to, they're headed towards the dam. Mm-hmm. And so and he that, follows them. That's as far as they, they show us at that stage, yeah. right? They're just setting it up. Um, and then, uh, he, so continue, Sokka once again has reason to be like, I think something's really wrong here. And Katara's like, nope, he's cool. You, you, I don't believe you. And I think she, does she kind of go on and again, like, oh, is that your intuition, Mr. Leader kind of thing. And so here we do have like what 
one might call actionable intelligence, <laughs> but it's being ignored because of how Sokka was being a bit of a blowhard earlier. Uh, and so Katara is like, well, you've lost your credibility with me as a leader. So when you claim stuff that I'm not seeing, well, he doesn't get a chance to tell them about the barrels. Oh, oh, because Jet, uh, Jet and gang find Sokka sneaking around as they're planting the barrels. So they tie him up. Oh, that, that already happens before the other two are like doing their little water bending thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because so, Jet tells them on their way to the waterbending thing, oh, oh no, he right. apologized. And they're like, he apologized? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Because when they're setting up the barrels, they, he's like, snaps a twig or something. Mm -hmm. and they, they catch him observing them. Yeah. And so then he's like, you two, go with him. I want you to take a long walk into the yeah. woods. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna kill Sokka. <laughs> and... Um, it kind of reminded me of um, of Brick, the movie Brick by Ryan Johnson with uh, with uh, oh, who's that handsome young man, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, because it's like a lot of like teenagers who are very dramatically certain of themselves, dealing with really life and death situations, and. Uh, sort of this like dealing with like fear and control uh, fear as a, as a method of control and and using all these kind of like um, sort of in the know terms and stuff it, it just felt very like the mafia but kids mm -hmm. and uh, that's very much what the movie brick is about um, and then when they we see him walking through the woods this is actually a little bit later but they he's like talking to them like you know, you know Jet's like crazy, right? Like he's talking to the other two and they're like, keep walking, buddy, kind of thing. And it's very much reminiscent of the movie Miller's Crossing where uh, the the assassin has to like go out into the into the woods with um, John Turturro. And John Turturro keeps like pleading for his life and they're just getting further and further from like safety and civilization. And it's, uh, it's eerily done in this as well. Meanwhile... <laughs> uh, yes, Jet has gone back to the base to see Aang and uh, Katara, where, like you said, he said, oh, yeah, no, so we're good now. And they're like, she's like, where's Sokka? And he's like, oh, he's he's helping us on a mission. Everything's cool now. And they're like, huh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's inconsistent with him. <laughs> um, but I trust you, Jet, because of your... Well, he does any kind of... Uh, <clears throat> Jet kind of, like... Nimbles, nimbly kind of walks around the situation, them disbelieving him. Uh, he said, yeah, I thought it was weird too, but uh, it seems to me like somebody might have said something to him. And Katara's like, well, well, I said something to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, must have uh, really hit a, hit a nerve with what you said. So, yeah. yeah, amazing. That's great. You're so good. You're so good, Katara. You were amazing. <laughs> oh, my God, he likes me. And, um... <laughs> <clears throat> so with with Katara fully on his side, he brings them to this um, uh, little stream that leads up to uh, this dam that we still have only seen sort of in the distance. We haven't really seen the dam close up yet. We just sort of like discussed. But um, next to the stream are all these holes, and they're like little natural um, jets. Uh, oh ho, if you will, <laughs> or geysers, you know, whatever. 
What say what what word did you use? Geysers. Geysers, yeah, yeah, little air jets, exactly. <laughs> That's why the episode's called that, Dale. Oh, it's um, these that they're referring to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And uh, and so they have the uh uh assigned duty of using their water bending to pull water out of the uh underground deposit of water that's causing these uh, geysers <laughs> and to basically empty the reservoir into the river um, and which then empties really... into a reservoir <laughs> sorry which then fills up the reservoir yeah yeah the above ground <laughs> reservoir yes, this yes. one and does he explain to them why he wants to fill the reservoir? His excuse is that he needs the reservoir full to put out fires, which is kind of how he recruited them last night. He says, like, I need this this reservoir full so that we can put out fires that the Fire Nation starts. Right, right, right. Turns out he's speaking metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> the fires being the light of their life, as long as, <laughs> uh, 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 along with all the other innocent lives in the mm-hmm. valley. <laughs> Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> Maybe that old well, man Well, Sokka really knows that. Sokka figures that out. <laughs> but he's, yeah, Sokka, yeah. he's so, taking a long he walk currently. Right. Oh, so uh, anyway, that's the actual, also the moment when he's kind of saying, like, oh, all you got to do is use your water bending to pull water out of the ground. And, mm. and uh, Katara's like, I've never bent water I couldn't see before. And he's like, you're really talented, baby. I think you can do it. And... Um, and he's like, he's like, you know, good girls take take it all the way. Are you gonna? Are you my brave little girl? Like, it's creepy. I don't know why it was in there. It's real creepy. <laughs> and then uh, Ang's like, I can do it. And he's like, Well, of course. That's that's when he says it. Like, I would expect nothing less from the Avatar. Like, he's super. Like, mm-hmm. it's sort of like the one moment where it matters that Ang is the Avatar in this episode. I feel <laughs> like, or that they like kind of nod to that. Um, but then, so Sokka gets free. <laughs> he sees the traps, and then he formulates a plan in his mind. And he breaks away and just runs over them. Oh. <laughs> and then the two people, uh, the Duke and Pipsqueak, uh, just walk into the traps. Oh, chasing after yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But, but then, that's, that's when he goes... <laughs> then, then, uh... Pipsqueak is like, hmm, leachy nuts, are you going to eat yours? And then Duke throws one at him, and he goes, hmm. (laughs) He's totally happy to keep eating. He's he's the Momo of their team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I was like, leachy nuts, so even vegetation has to be hybrid in this world? That's weird. (laughs) Like, they're going to be like, oh, a fern tree, like, later on, like... (laughs) Which I'm sure fern tree is probably something, and some oh, botanist yeah. is yelling at you. <laughs> probably true. Morons! It's a fern tree. Morons! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dezepus novum cinctus is a common <laughs> vegetation on the... Nobody cares, Darren. Um, so then, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Oh, yeah, so that's when the... Uh, uh, oh, that's right. Because he's like uh, back when when he's when Je- when Jet's like, okay, Ang and Katara pull the water out, mm-hmm. and they're like, he's like, I'm gonna head to the dam. I got I got some work to do, and he's kind of vague about it. And then they're like, oh, well, we'll join you afterward. He's like, um, actually, what I want you to do is head back to the base. And they're like, okay, cool. And he's like, we'll meet there later, and it'll be great. 
So then when when they pull all the water out uh, after uh, Sokka has escaped and it cuts back, they're like, oh, okay, cool, um, let's go meet him. And Aang is such a good little boy. He's like, well, no, he said to go back to the base. Those are his instructions. <laughs> and she's just like, I want to make out with this dude so bad, Aang. You've got to stop <laughs> cock-blocking me on this one. <laughs> so he says, she's like, well, if we're done early, then maybe it's okay, and we'll go tell him we're done early. And so they head to, like, a cliff overlooking the reservoir that they've helped form. It's like the path that approaches the dam. Mm. So, like, it goes through that cliff. And it's the same cliff that they they, uh, kidnapped Sokka on. Right, right. And they see something that alerts them to things being off. Is, Is that when we see that there's an explosion? No, that's... I think they see the barrels, and they're, like... Wait, what are those barrels doing here? Yeah, she's like, and why would they be bringing all these barrels? It goes from her saying that it like go. It does this weird swooping camera zoom move onto yeah. Aang when you know we're getting the his realization face that it's like yeah. he's gonna blow up the dam. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like yeah, the it's pretty good. Cinematography feels like the realization, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it goes through Aang's uh, emotional. And then Jet's going to destroy the town. <laughs> and Katara's just like in denial. She's like, nobody wouldn't do that. Yeah. And she says that repeatedly. Because he goes, we gotta go stop it. And he gets on his glider, and then he gets shot. The glider gets zapped. Oh, well, that's when, that's when Jet jumps in and knocks the glider. Yeah. He, he rips it. Right, with his, with his hook sword. Yeah. And that's And he says, Katara's yes, like. I am. Yes. <laughs> he just, like, blatantly comes clean with it. He's like, Jet wouldn't do that. And then Jet comes in, knocks the the avatar down, and says, mm. yes, I could, or something like that. Yeah, and so then she's like, she's like, I fucked up. You, I am so glad I never introduced you to my father. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, they're like, you can't do this, you can't do this. And he's like, you're going to have to stop me, because I am going to do this. And... Uh, Aang's like, I'm not going to fight you, Jet, which I think is pretty cool because even um, even at a time where ob- there's an obvious confrontation, Jet is in no way a pacifist, <laughs> um, still Aang remains the peacemaker and the pacifist. I thought that was pretty cool. Again, the whole uh, Dalai Lama, you take aggression at you and you flip it into refusing to respond. Mm-hmm. But um, that doesn't last too long because then they uh, <laughs> he tries to escape and Jet gives him chase and then they um, are running through the trees basically. Uh, Jet just sort of like climbing quickly and Aang able to fly. Yeah, yeah, because um, he's an airbender. <laughs> and it's a pretty cool little um, uh, chase through the trees. Um, it's pretty cool because there's this great. Oh, oh, Aang's trying to, like, get ahead. He's, like, trying to, like, move quickly, and it's and it's Jet chasing him. And so for a second, we see Aang sort of by himself, and it's doing... The music is that is basically the end credits, the zhong chaka chaka da zhong chaka except that there's, like, this melody behind it, these, like, bass horns that kind of, like, create this additional layer of, like, sinisterness or tension. Yeah, And yeah. then... Basically, like, the horns start doing this, like, and then that's when Jet comes out of nowhere and attacks uh, Aang. Mm-hmm. And it's this really cool, like, a millisecond, or not a millisecond, but like two seconds before the 
like while we still think Aang is getting away, mm-hmm. it does this really cool little foreshadowing moment before Jet comes in out of nowhere and starts attacking him. And they face off, and Jet uses his, what'd you call them? Hook swords? Hook swords? Okay. Yeah. And I thought you called them something else. Anyway. Well, they have uh, different names. They're like, it's uh, hook swords. Uh, I think there's like a tiger, tiger heads, twin hooks, tiger blades. I'm down for tiger heads. That's pretty badass. So he hooks one to the end of the other, and he starts like w- using them like nunchucks, kind of, mm-hmm, which I mm-hmm. thought was really cool. Yeah, it's like a, cool. a, a built-in power set for these swords that we haven't seen come into play until here near the end of the episode, which was neat. Um, oh, I remember why she cries. Why she cries? Because he was like, uh, when Jet kind of revealed his hand by saying, yes, I would. And he said, like, I really hoped that you and Sokka would understand. And then him mentioning Sokka kind of makes her realize that Sokka hasn't been around here. Right. She's like, what did you do with Sokka? That's when she starts tearing up. Right. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's when she's like, I fucking bet the wrong horse, you know? Yeah. Um, so then uh, uh, Aang and Jet are fighting, and they they both fall, and they both go into this free fall, and then they both, boom, land on another branch that wasn't that far below them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, that was so lucky. Um, and There always see. seems to be branches when people are falling. Yeah. So many branches. <laughs> Uh, and there are these big, thick, almost you know, tree trunk sized mm-hmm. branches that allows them to like fight. Pretty cool background for a for a fight, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then let's see. He Ang uses this. He he's 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 like getting his clock cleaned, kind of. Like Jet is a really good fighter. Yeah. And granted, Ang's holding back because he's a pacifist. But um, then he uses this really crazy. Um, I wrote air snake because it's like this zigzag, twisty, um, uh, 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 like path of of fast air of wind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a tube, a tunnel of wind that moves Jet, and he can kind of like he can create like air rivers in place, like hold in place. Mm-hmm, he could mm-hmm. like create a supply line. He could move stuff up those trees <laughs> continuously like an elevator, you know? It's a he, really awesome power. He could charge tariffs on this supply moving line that he could just <laughs> do. He could he could dance dance better than Barishnikov. He could make the bake the most delicious cake in the world, Dale. <laughs> um, Jesus is way cool. <laughs> But then some people got jealous of how cool he was, and they killed him. Um, that's a King Missile song, kids. So then he's on the ground, and Katara, finally at her senses now, uses uh, water bending to splash a bunch of water from the river at Jet mm-hmm. and nails him to a tree. And then she freezes all that water. Yeah. Which, that... W- she has that? <laughs> well, she can she, control water. All so she, she has also, to do is molecularly change that water into a crystalline structure. I mean, I presume what, what she would have to do is be moving the heat energy out of the water rapidly, and it would just form Yeah, ice. by just forming it into a crystalline structure, which would force the heat out. It's an, it's an exothermic reaction, so it would cool itself. The air around him probably got hot, but then uh, yeah. the water on him froze. I just don't think I just don't think the crystalline structure is what does it. I think the crystalline structure is the result of it. I just think she has to move heat out of it somehow. But she's not a heat bender. She's a water bender. 
I know, so I think it's bonkers. So I think she's bending the water on a molecular level. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I'm right on this one. (laughs) Um, I well, okay, fine. She can turn water to ice. Why wasn't that part of the lessons to Aang in the previous episode? I agree. (laughs) He just starts whistling. He hear, they, they all the, hear a whistle, and he whistles back and says, it's too late. Right. Because he's given the, the signal. Damn. Explodes, right? Well, that's when he's like, well, they, uh, Aang and Katara realize, oh, no, it's the, he sent the signal. The dam is going to explode. They're going to light off the explosions. We have to rely on Sokka now. It's up to Sokka. And, and typically in a cartoon, this is the moment where Sokka would come through and, like... Stop the mm-hmm. guy Longshot from lighting his arrow on fire. Stop Longshot from pulling the arrow back. Stop Longshot from shooting it, or mm-hmm. knock the arrow out of the sky as the mm-hmm. flaming arrow is headed towards the dam. But that arrow gets there. That arrow <laughs> hits the barrels, and the barrels explode. Right. So, so I think that's when they, fa- you know, Sokka and Ang and Katara all fail in that right. moment. Right, that's right. And so that's when I have my note where uh, it's like a close-up of Katara, and she's like, no. And it's like a pretty genuinely well-acted, like, all-is-lost moment. Yeah. It's a very intense emotional thing. And then wh- wh- how is the reveal given? So you see the, the water rush down and rush through the town, and it's like wreaking havoc, and then it's yeah. like debris everywhere, and then there's this floating doll suggesting that children are dying. Right. Um, and then uh, how does the reveal happen? I forget <laughs> I how the reveal All happens. I wrote was old man is alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wrote old man is an ally. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I forget exactly how the reveal happened. Oh, oh, uh, Sokka arrives. He's flying Appa. Okay. So he just floats on. He just yeah, comes he in floats, arrives, and says, no, no, I did save the day. I saved all the villagers by warning them ahead of time. And right, and it f- does a flashback for us. Yeah, where so they flash the, back, and he says, they didn't believe me at first, but then the old guy that I saved backed me recognized up. Recognized me and said, no, no, this guy's legit. And so everybody moved to, like, up out of the valley yeah. where they're safe. They're refugees. Their shit's mm-hmm, gone, mm-hmm. but they're alive. Yeah. And, um... Let's see. Oh, so then, uh, still frozen to the tree, um, Jet is like, uh, you're a traitor, Sokka. You saved all these people's lives, and that makes you a traitor. And Sokka's like, fuck off, you're a traitor, because you wanted to kill innocent people. He's like, you're a traitor to the basic principles of decency, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, And then he goes... Come on, guys, get on board the Oppomobile. And they climb on, and he's like, You guys, you know that I'm right. And and uh, Sokka goes, Yip, yip. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Yeah! <laughs> very on there, bender, bitch! <laughs> it's a very serious yip, yip, too. Like, Such a yip, serious yip. yip, yip. And they fly off, and, uh, and uh, Katara is like, Uh, boy, brother, you actually are a pretty good leader. And then this is when it all comes circle, when he's like, well, I guess uh, you can trust my intuition. And then there's like a final joke. What's the reverse? They're like, well, you realize we're going the wrong way, right? 
That's right. He says, well, and sometimes, it's like, my, my intuition is sometimes right. And then they're like, you realize you're going the wrong way, right? And he says, he turns up around and says, well, sometimes it's wrong. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we're out there, and we realize we never saw Zuko. Yep. Um, which is a, pre- a pretty great little lesson at the end with, with Sokka that he learns um, a level of... It's like that thing where he inherently has something to prove because he doesn't necessarily he's trying to convince others he's a leader because he's not totally sure himself yeah and he's trying to convince himself and then he ends up taking it upon himself to stop trying to convince katara and ang because they're a lost cause that mm-hmm. that jet is that there's something wicked jet is convinced. and he decides to go do it on his own he acts out of a sense of like well I'm going to do this because I believe I'm right. I really, truly have reason to believe Mm -hmm. this. And he goes and saves the day. And so now he's built self-confidence. And he completely understands that he doesn't need to convince anyone he's the leader. He's the leader, at least for himself. So you're saying he's grown as a character then. I would definitely say so. (laughs) But he isn't a dick about it because he's able to be like, oh, and sometimes my intuition's wrong. He's able to be like... um, like once you have confidence, you don't need cockiness. Yeah, you know, I, I always think of it as like um, cockiness. Like we we are at zero and we want to get to a hundred, and confidence gets you up some of the way, and then the rest of the way is cockiness, and that's a, that fills in the gap, and that's bad news. Like that's shitty. Yeah, <laughs> and so you need to actually get confidence all the way to one hundred, and then there's no need for any cockiness. Um. And we watch that happen with Sokka. And he's very much a different leader than Jet is. It's, like, it's, a, it's a contrasted kind of juxtaposition there where Jet's leadership is not only for um, malicious ends, but it's, it's rely, he's relying on everyone else to do the work. Mm. And yeah, right. Sokka's leadership is that he's trying to convince everybody, but nobody's listening to him, so he he goes and does it. Right. Yeah. It's like, I guess there's a difference between being a con- like a control and a leader. Like a like what is it a uh, a ma- is it a manager and a leader that I say like like a manager tells you to do stuff, a leader does the thing and says, "Come do this with me." Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so it's like. Um, Sokka is, is yeah that's a good point the juxtaposition they're two sides of the same coin and and uh, that that's fucking good writing right there <laughs> just plainly good writing <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you could probably model it on the story circle of like the right side is is not having any control and the left side is having control and the top is doing it out of weakness and the bottom is doing it out of strength. I don't know. So, something there with two with four quadrants. There's there's just some quadrant going on there. Yeah, too. yeah. Exactly. There's the gamma quadrant where the dominion is. Mm-hmm. Delta quadrant where the Borg is. <laughs> Story circle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, so what did you think of this episode overall, Dale? I uh I enjoy the Ang Gang in this episode, I think. Um you know, Sokka really grows as a character. Mm-hmm. I despise Jet, <laughs> which colors my feelings of this episode, because they did such a good job of nailing that guy. Mm. Uh, and I've encountered that guy, and, and 
those people like that are just they push my buttons right away mm-hmm. like they're yeah. really good at just like pissing me off right away because <laughs> uh they're all about the bluster and the words and themselves mm-hmm. and it just pisses me off like i i to to an extent where it's it's unreasonable my response is unreasonable like oh i can see i do not have the ang response where i'm like uh monastic about it it's right let it wash off i get like the straight up anti-jet response where i'm (laughs) freezing him to trees and it's just like (laughs) i i get pissed at people like that and it's yeah. just this sense of injustice that liars that. and shifters kind of in, elicit in me. It's just like I, that's interesting. I it's it's a hot button topic with me, and any any like shyster that comes in is like convincing people of of their lies. It's just uh-huh. it, it angers me so much. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Like you instantly don't like them, but then the really frustrating part is when you see that it, it works on other people. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been a rough couple of years for me. <laughs> oh right. I'm like, whoa, man. This is really personal. Oh, this is national. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive how many people are easily manipulated by really pretty simple tricks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it relies on these like somewhat plausible lies like um, Jet's knife with the poison in the handle. Like mm-hmm. He could have gotten that knife at any time. Yep. It's, yep. Cl- it's clear that he could have. But he weaves this story around it where he just has to create that sense of doubt mm-hmm. for for um, Katara to believe him. Yeah. Our, uh, our um, sanity checks to start getting uh, uh, strained. Where we start being, I, I yeah. don't know anymore. And that's the opening they need. Yeah. And it's, and it's meanwhile, uh, Sokka is left saying, no, no, he tried to kill an innocent old man. That's The knife is not the point. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. the, the fact is that he tried to kill an innocent old man. It's right. like, and they say, yeah. like, no, he was a spy with a poison knife. And it's like, he's an old man. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's kind of tough too, because like they are, you know, it, it, like I, I, you know, the, the, the right way to respond there is like, I feel is to go, okay, but he showed no sign of being a spy. And so until he attacked, even if he was a spy, you should treat him as though, you know, innocent until proven guilty. All yeah. That, justice yeah, yeah, system. yeah. But that's hard to say in this context of the show because they are freedom fighters just barely keeping alive and one step ahead of the Fire Nation to try to bring back balance to the world. Like, they, the Aang gang has to live outside the law in order to um, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's very understandable that they, that Katara might get, like, she's past the point of, like, fair trials. Mm-hmm. And she might be a little bit like, well, if he knows that someone's evil, he has every right to strike first. But, and so then it does come down to just, like, if he can convince her using false sleep uh, planted evidence mm-hmm. then weapons of mass destruction what <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's two assholes ago come on I'm mixing sorry, your sorry. metaphors <laughs> um, but uh but yeah as soon as as soon as it was clear he was like 
it because it started out where he's like. Um, I totally saw Jet from both sides. I saw him as this badass who was taken into his own hands, and I could see why Katara would like think he's amazing. And he's kind of a manipulative, overly friendly creepazoid, mm-hmm. but it hasn't really been an issue yet. And so I could see why Sokka dislikes him, but I felt like he was overreacting. Mm-hmm. But then you get level two when uh, you get stage two when he's when he's falsely when he's lying yeah, and he's saying like and it's life or death lies he's like oh this guy was trying to kill me so I was going to kill him and here's my proof this thing I just picked up off the ground mm. <laughs> like then it's suddenly like oh oh somebody cuckoo yeah <laughs> and it, I mean he's doubtless he's good at what he is and if, if he hadn't been traumatized Jet here if he yeah. hadn't been traumatized by this fire nation when he was young but killing his family or whatever you know, what kind of leader could he have grown up to be? Mm, he could have been an amazing that's leader. That's a really good... Ooh, I like that. Again, our uh, our Avatar Gaiden uh, graphic novel will really get into some cool <laughs> alternate timeline stuff. It doesn't Jet show up in a, in a subsequent episode at some point? He does, and they do, as I recall, they do a pretty good job of... Um, of you caring about him again, mm-hmm. like he's he has grown as a result of the events in these episode in this episode. So it's like, oh wow, Jet, you've really come a long way. I'm not going to dismiss you because you're not the same person we left. You have new um, uh, positive values that make me want to once again return to interacting with you. And to the writer's credit, by that time in the series, I don't think Katara is dropping trow for any pretty boy yeah yeah so she's very logically like hey jet hey jet looking at you and questioning yes (laughs) what your actual intentions are exactly exactly so that's that's pretty cool it's a cool that once again the uh i don't know it's almost like um what's a good example of this i feel like i have one that's not quite there but i feel like in star trek they've done it a few times where they'll go back to something that was like really shittily done in like the old series or like season one of next gen and it's like though that was just a bad idea that they did that but they're actually like pulling something good out of that bad stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like similarly like jet becomes like a really cool character based on an arguably kind of one note character here um so yeah any any uh any exciting trivia for this episode um, I, t- I mean, nothing more than the usual kind of goofs that I can recall, like the his straw in his mouth uh, kind of appears and disappears in different moments. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, oh, now that I think about it, as you just describe him and I'm remembering what he looks like, I feel like his visual design and style was kind of based on, uh, um, who's the dude from Cowboy Bebop? Oh, uh, Spike? Yeah, he's he's got the hair. And he does the, have the kind of spiked look about him. Yeah, I feel like that must have been a sort of intentional, like, let's make kid spike. <laughs> kid spike. Little baby spike. Bump, we'll call him. Because <laughs> a smaller spike is a bump. I don't know. Delete that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, Avatar Extras stated that the fight between Aang and Jet in the trees was inspired by the Naruto and Samurai Shampoo animes. Ah. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Love me some, some Shampoo. I, yeah, I do like the Shampoo a lot. 
Naruto, I've heard, is kind of garbage, but they uh, have their fandom. I made it through like one or two episodes, and I just uh, <laughs> couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's for some other people. And I think it was just part of it was that I'm like trying to persevere through it, and then it's like, how many more episodes of this do I have to watch? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm <Yep>. done. <laughs> totally understandable, yeah. Yeah, I have a coworker who's big into anime, and he's said the same thing. He's like, man, there's a few shows I've heard are amazing, and I've tried, but just exactly that. I, you look at the mountain of hours of viewing, <laughs> and you just go, I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> oh, this is the first time we see Katara freeze someone. There you go. Uh, like you've mentioned, and I think that you, you, you've mentioned before that the uh, Dante Bosco is Zuko's voice, and... Uh, is also Rufio, who this is clearly <laughs> taking hints from uh, the Hood Movie Hook. Well, I'm I'm glad that we're not the only ones who noticed. Yeah, that. that's <laughs> um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. So the closest that we have to um, this is a little bit of a heavier episode. So there's not as much silliness, which is why I think we get a little Momo silliness with the firecrackers and the the lychee mm-hmm. uh, nut uh, enjoying. Um, even though it's also a setup for later, but still. Uh, but the closest thing to a Looney Tunes moment we have is that aforementioned boo of uh, Sokka sliding out of the shot when no one's paying any attention to him. <laughs> um, and then as far as, like, Fox Jesse, like, I don't know, I'm going to... Uh, uh, say that basically most of, of Sokka's behavior reminded me of Jesse, the sort of like, hey, jackasses, this obvious thing is here, why aren't you noticing? <laughs> and I feel like... I think know, about sums it up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Jesse to the core. <laughs> um, usually proven right mm-hmm. uh, in the long run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's see. Did we? Uh, do we want to just jump right into... Uh, other animation news, or should we talk about next week's episode, or what? How do we do we can, this? Uh, we can jump into animation news. Um, so, Dale, you asked me if uh, I had checked out a new series. What series is that? It is Matt Groening's new series. Is that the way you pronounce his name, Groening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Groening. Yeah. Uh, I always have a confused with the. Uh, Groaning and graining. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, I know a Manning. It's spelled M and then the exact same rest of the last name, but it's that family pronounced it Manning. So that only adds to the confusion. Huh. Huh. So it's Germans. <laughs> but uh, the 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 man from Simpsons fame uh, yes. has a new series uh, called Jesus. What was it called? Disenchanted. Oh, Disenchantment. Yeah, Disenchantment. You can cut my my attempt at that title. (laughs) Uh uh I'm leaving it in. Uh, God damn it. (laughs) uh, I saw the first episode last night. Mm -hmm. Just uh, recently came out yesterday, so uh, just had the time for the one. It was a cliffhanger. Literally. Literally a cliffhanger. (laughs) uh, What did you think? You've seen a few episodes. Yeah, so at the time of this record, uh, the entire first season has dropped on Netflix. Uh, so you can just binge the whole thing. I think there's probably, what, 12, 13 episodes, something like that. 
Um, I'm honestly not sure. But uh, I enjoyed it. It is... There's definitely... Um, I think it's very funny. And it's it's the sense of humor, I would say, skews closer to Futurama than Simpsons. Although, um, one of the... One of the... Uh, celebrated Simpsons writers um, is... Uh, co-created it with, with Graining. Um... Let me just remember. Josh Weinstein uh, <laughs> helped develop it. So created by Matt Groening, developed by Matt Groening and Josh Weinstein uh, of Simpsons fame. And but and, and throughout the series, the episodes that I've watched so far, we've had a lot of um, uh, Futurama writers, Simpsons writers, directors as well. Um, and so it definitely has that sort of Futurama feel to it. But it's instead of sci-fi, it's fantasy. Um, which is pretty great. Which is, I just feel like the the third point on the triangle <laughs> that Graining had not yet tackled. <laughs> um, and I love it. I think it's really fun. Like I think there's a lot of very modern, silly comedy, uh, like jokes, moments. There's some stuff that's kind of obvious, um, but when you're telling jokes for half an hour, you know, you're going to have some kind of more, like whatever. The pilot is a little slower, and I feel like it it already has started to pick up, ramp up in yeah, speed. that's so good like, to hear, because I uh, was not enamored with the episode that I saw, the first episode. Really? It moved, I, think, I don't know whether they're just trying to cover a lot, but it moved through the world really fast, mm-hmm. and it did very little to kind of get us connected with the characters. I can see that. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like, it's like they realized they were moving very rapidly, and so the way that they dealt with it was rather than give characters more time to breathe, they just have like more lulls in like the jokes or something. Mm-hmm. Like it has this sort of like sleepy quality that like I've described previously as being in episodes of Avatar, but is also totally in the in the pilot for Futurama, where it's like. A, like a character says something and then there's a pause and then they kind of say something else and it's just like this odd like the rhythm isn't quite there yet yeah but i think their goal is to be snappy and fast and so it, i think they're going to continue moving through the world very quickly but they're going to find their rhythm in doing so a little better so it'll feel less off mm-hmm. Um, but I just think there's so many great jokes. Like when, so the main character is this princess who hates being a princess. She'd rather carouse and uh, you know party and and bone. And she's voiced by Abby Jacobson from um, Broad City. She's amazing. I love her. Uh, and then she runs into um, uh, Elfo, who is this like sort of Keebler style little happy elf from uh, some distant fantasy forest. And he's voiced by Eric Andre. And from the Eric Andre show and many other things. Uh, and so he's just like always content and always happy and has no like context for the world. Mm-hmm. And he's introduced by saying like, I'm sick and tired of everything tasting sweet. I want things to taste like I like I want to experience the bitterness of resentment and the saltiness of sad tears or something like that, and uh, and the 
and so he like wants to experience mortal life and there's this really great joke where like the leader of the elves is like because he's elfo and there's like kissy <laughs> and like everyone's just like named what they do and they're like and the leader's like um Elfo, no one has ever left our our magical forest. Not even Levo. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, no one's. He goes, no one's ever. He goes, no one's ever left our forest. And this other elf is like, not even Levo. And he goes, now's not the, not the time to speak, Spico. <laughs> like, it's just like these little moments of like you see where the joke's going, and then they one up themselves. Mm-hmm. You know that I really appreciate. Um, and there's just some kind of classic nonsensical silliness um, that I find great and I'm really happy that the main cast like we still have John DiMaggio as her dad and he's the voice of Bender Tress McNeil is like everybody um, is it Maurice LaMarche who is like the sort of sort of like her attendant who like in that first scene like grabs her and takes her back to her own wedding mm-hmm. um, and he was like a million different voices in Futurama uh, possibly including yeah including Kiff of Zap Brannigan and Kiff um uh, and so we see them sprinkled throughout, but I love that the main three cast are new to the Matt Groening world, mm-hmm. and that, you know, because I feel like, you know, you see a new Wes Anderson movie, and it's like, oh, I wonder if Bill Murray and <laughs> Jason Schwartzman are going to be in this one, you <laughs> yeah. know? Um, and so it's cool when, you know, like, obviously, a creator develops an orbit, but I like it when they add very distinct people at the center of each new project. So, uh, even if it's a lot of the same writers and directors, but cause I don't know, I would stick with the same writers yeah, as I brought a new cast, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so I'm super psyched. I, I was, there were moments that I was sort of like, eh, but there were moments where I was like cracking up. So <laughs> I say, stick with disenchantment. And Dale says, maybe, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> um, were you a big Futurama fan, Dale? I enjoyed Futurama, but I don't know that I was like a an avid fan. I still haven't mm. seen all of the seasons, like every oh, episode and every season. I've I've seen most episodes from most seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, not that anyone cares, but for the record, I think the first season of Futurama is the best thing ever. I think that it adds new stuff and lets really great stuff go in the process. Um, the example I brought up in the past is when like they finally figured out in like mid to late first season that Zoidberg's bit was that he was like poor and pathetic. That was really funny, but in so doing, they dropped the like first few episodes b- bit of him just being an alien who's supposed to be the doctor for humans. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really high concept joke, and so I could see that they were like, "How do we write scene after scene based on that bit?" But it was just so funny and awesome and bizarre that like. I was sad to see it go. Yeah. You know? But um, anyway, I, I think that the show was awesome for different reasons as time went on, but it really did start to lose steam. I've heard a lot of people. I didn't. I tried to. to um, so it went away after the fourth season, mm-hmm. and then they released these DVD movies, and they were pretty good. Some were better than others. But then, like, it came back on um, Comedy Central, and they had, like, three more seasons, I want to say. And I watched a few of the first of those three, and it was just sort of like, I don't, I don't know. It, it seemed, it had lost some of its initial insanity, and it had become sort of like self-congratulatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there being some episode where like it was revealed that like 
Hermes helped Bender be born, like on the production line. And it, so it, it did that thing where like late season shows do where they like every character's known each other the whole time and, and the universe suddenly feels much smaller. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I so I that. felt like, yeah, I don't know why anybody ever does that. It's, it seems like a good idea in the room. Well, it's like with sequel movie sequels do that too. They're mm-hmm. like, Oh, turns out that your father put together C-3PO. It's like, <laughs> would that really need to happen? <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really fucking weird. So anyway, uh, <laughs> listeners, um, we uh, recommend you check out Disenchantment. And uh, that's how I say that word. And in the meantime, uh, we will be back at you next week uh, with episode 11 the Great Divide, Ooh. Uh, generally considered, as I recall, the worst episode of Avatar. Uh-huh. <laughs> Should be in a good episode. <laughs> of, good our, of our podcast, at least. Well, yes. Yeah. It will rise above the uh, apparent lameness of The Great Divide. <laughs> um, we'd love to hear what you think about uh, this episode of this podcast. Um, please email us at... Um, onairbender at gmail.com. Follow us at onairbender on Twitter. We have a Facebook group, Low Charisma Party, which is our parent company. They force us to do this. Mm-hmm. We wish we could get a different job. Whips. Um, whips. Uh, and uh, if you tweet with hashtag mycabbages, we'll, um, we'll, we'll be checking that out. And so if you tweet that, then, uh, you know, give us a shout out. Say, hey, we'd love to chat with you about this show from uh, 2005. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, anything else, Dale? Anything else you can think of? Um, be awesome. And don't be jet. Don't be jet, guys. Be Sokka's. <laughs> uh, and with that, much like Sokka, we will climb upon Appa to head off to next week's episode with a very serious yip yip, dear listeners. Yip yip. <laughs> <laughs> to rhyme with death. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs>